This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Here, Bird Show. First, so Cassie, I now know why you and I feel so defeated all the time. <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> There's a new poll, and it looked at the average parents' win-loss record. So us versus our kids in arguments. What percentage of the time do you think we win? Oh, my gosh. In my head, I want to say I win like 90% of the time. In reality, it's probably 10. (laughs) According to this um, new poll, the average parent has 190 wins a year. The average parent also caves and gives their kid what they want 218 times a year. So kids win about 53% of the time. Wow. I know. Shocked. So, and this is talking about some of our like top parenting losses, um, letting them eat whatever they want. Uh. This is like, so common like stalemate in our house. Jimmy's only two and a half. And I laugh at myself. I was like, whatever I make, you will eat. <laughs> Do you want a peanut butter sandwich? Do you want some chicken nuggets? Do you want some cheesy pasta? No, no, no. You really are just wanting them to put some kind of sustenance in their mouth. So it's like, I will make you whatever you want. I just need you eat. You're a better mom than I am because oh. that is not how it goes in my house. Oh my she'll, God. She'll say, I don't like this. And I'll say, well, you don't have to eat it. You never have to eat the food, but I'm not making anything else. And then she eats it. I would be curious to see if that number changes with years because I, I, I feel like it's probably harder when they're younger, right? Yeah. yeah. Trying to get a two-year-old to understand and to like, oh my God, it's so frustrating right now. Letting them have treats or dessert before dinner is another big loss. Letting them use their iPhone or, or letting them use your phone, iPad at the table, like screen time is another loss. Buying them something they want but don't need is another cave that parents have and letting them stay up past their bedtime. Those are the top parent losses. The bedtime is the one for me. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's the tough. And it's hard because when you say no, you know there's going to be a meltdown and screaming. So a lot of the time, it's it's not the best move. But you're like, for my own mental sanity, mm-hmm. I have to give in on this one or else I'm going to snap. So that's why we feel like we're defeated all the time. Because we are. Mm. By these little two-year-old terrorists. They are, though. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Love them. All right. So if you have a dilemma or you need advice or if you want to use our show, head to thebirdshow.com. Shoot us an email. This one, um, I, sometimes we get emails and they just hit you a little different. And this one did. And she wanted to publicly apologize to her ex-boyfriend for how she treated him during the relationship. So for me, I think it was the accountability. It's really refreshing mm-hmm. when somebody comes to the table with accountability. So I was like, all right, let's do this. We're going to read her apology letter to her ex, all right? She goes, hello, you all. I'm a P1 listener, 
and I love you all and all of the work you all do. Welcome, Abby. You're a very nice addition to The Bird Show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm emailing today in hopes of my ex-boyfriend hearing this. I don't think he's a P1, but he listens every so often. And if this is my only chance to reach out to him, I will take that chance. Hmm. I will call him Joe. His first name does start with a J, but I don't want to disclose his actual name just in case he's in a relationship. I don't want to be disrespectful to either of them. Joe, I want to apologize for the on-again, off-again relationship we had. You didn't deserve that. I wasn't in a good place mentally when we dated, and I didn't realize you were hurting as well. Now that I look back, I realize you were indeed going through a lot, and I wish I knew what I know now. I would have been there for you. Your dad and his girlfriend were so welcoming, and I'm forever grateful for that. I wish I had gotten a chance to meet your mom and sister before we ended things. I can tell they are great people. Your favorite cousins as well. I did get a chance to meet your best friend and his wife, and they were so sweet. You are deserving of so much more, and I wish you all the love, happiness, and success life has to offer you. I hoped we could have been friends because you're an amazing man and we vibe so well, but I truly understand why you don't want to speak to me. Take care of yourself. Thank you, Bert Show, for reading my email. It truly means a lot to me. Interesting. I know, right? It is. My question is, why couldn't you send that to him? Bingo. That's how I feel. Though I'm happy she sent it to us because it gives us something to talk about, right? <laughs> I mean, we do love having content, but did my, my first thought when I saw that this listener wanted us to read it was, is she blocked on everything? And if so, what happened to lead her to getting blocked? Uh, yeah, that I, that I don't know. And sometimes maybe if she, so because she sent it to us and from what I gather, if he is in another relationship, I don't think she wanted to reach out to him if he was oh. seeing somebody out of respect for their relationship. So this is a way for her to acknowledge her wrongdoings mm-hmm. and apologize without like sliding into his DMs or sending him a personal email because she felt like that would be disrespectful. I respect that. I, I get that. At the same time, though, if if your intent is yep. to just apologize, then that shouldn't matter, right? Because you're mm-hmm. not trying to in, intrude on his relationship or his life. If you genuinely just want to apologize and let that be what it is, I feel like you should send it directly to him because it wouldn't disrespect his relationship. Well, she says, I understand why you don't want to speak to me, so maybe he's mm-hmm. told her that, and this mm-hmm. is like a buffer. You know, that way he's not required to respond to her. She doesn't have to, like, reach out directly to him. Like, this is out in the universe now, and if he hears it, he can just hear it and be done and move on. All right, we've done our part. It's out in the universe, <laughs> and hopefully Joe will hear it. It has been really interesting having Jackson Kim uh, join the Burt Show and learning about Korean and Asian culture. And he brought up something while we were all hanging out the other day that the, the name itself or the phrase itself just seems so offensive to me. It doesn't seem it is. It is. It can come across as that way. And I guess it kind of is a little bit of a slur or something. Uh, what they're talking about is being labeled a banana or a Twinkie. Um, visually, you can imagine that that means you are yellow on the outside and white on the inside. Now, is this something hmm. that the Asian community calls each other? It has kind of different context depending on who tells it to you, I think. So if people within the community tell you that, that usually means someone who um, they don't speak their native language at home or, you know, your aunts or uncles might call you that as someone, you know, as kind of like talking down to like the younger generation of like you're rejecting culture kind of thing. It has a bit of a different connotation when, say, like a white person calls you that. It feels a little bit more offensive in that that sense. How often have you been called that? So the funny thing 
thing is, is like if if we take a step back and we rewind to childhood Jackson, baby Jackson, right? Young, innocent, and probably very ignorant Jackson. Um, I never really saw myself as any different than any other kid on the block. You know, um, my parents always had like their white friend group and their Korean friend group, and they never really mixed and like met each other all that often. It was very rare when those kind of occasions would happen. And I didn't think anything of it. I also grew up in a pretty diverse area where my schools growing up had a lot of diversity. There's a lot of people that looked like me and I never thought anything of it. It wasn't until I switched over to private school when I was in middle school and I went to a predominantly white school where I realized that I was pretty different. And that's when the label started kind of coming out a lot more. And honestly, initially, I didn't take offense to it. I kind of leaned into it. And that's where I think a lot of like this whole like identity crisis that I've been talking to you guys a lot about has come up where I started seeing it more as a compliment because it felt like I was being treated the same as them and I, they were seeing me kind of the same as them. Uh, the problem arises though where I think afterwards it started happening where sure they would sort of treat me the same way and they would call me a banana or Twinkie or whatever the case was <laughs> but outwardly I obviously still look Korean so the stereotypes of what it means to be Korean still existed so when I would struggle in a math class in middle school it was like well shouldn't this be easy for you and oh, it was like wow. being kind of put under a microscope for all the wrong reasons whereas they like took advantage of the right reasons why I was getting along with them. Gotcha. Do a lot of Jackson's stuff Stories in his community feel close to some of the stories you have in the black community also? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this one in particular, because I, I'd never heard that phrase at all. But um, in the black community, it's Oreo. That's what, you know, if a black person is trying to say that you're white on the inside, black on the outside, they'd call you an Oreo, which is a phrase that you, I'm sure if you've black, you've heard it a lot since you were a kid. So this one in particular, I had no idea that your community went through that the same way that I was this. Yeah, I remember in a prior segment you had mentioned that and like how sometimes it felt like people would kind of call you out for like not being, quote, black enough, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of similar to how I would feel in this way. But then it would seem unfair when they'd call me out for other things where like I would have to be stereotypically Asian, you know? And so this kind of persisted all through my, you know, late middle school, high school days where um, I was... kids are really nice and kind yeah, and friendly. Exactly. <laughs> and it was even my closest friends. And again, like, I initially didn't really take offense to it. It just seemed like it was unfair for it to only come out that, like, I was my Koreanness when it was, like, a time to kind of make fun or, you know, you know, make jabs at me. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'm driving in the car with my friends and, you know, everyone does make some mistake every once in a while. You park a little crooked, you you know, you make a wrong turn, whatever. For me, it would be like, oh, it's because of the way oh, that you yeah, look that this yeah. would happen, you yeah, know? Right, right. Or like, um, if I did well on a test for some, for whatever reason, it was like my effort would be discounted mm -hmm. and it would be more like, oh, you, you did this, you're good at this because you're Asian, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it's uh, getting better for like this generation now, the younger generation Koreans, younger generation Asians? I just think generally people are a lot more tolerant yeah. these days and a lot more accepting these days. I'm hoping to God that all these kids growing up these days don't have to deal with a lot of the stuff that I had to deal with growing up. Um, I don't regret anything by any means of you know how I was brought up or anything like that but I do think that people probably have it a little bit easier and a little bit people are a little more respectful now here Bird Show.